Cheers, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little uh, audio and video catastrophe uh, known worldwide <laughs> as the world famous uh, Smoking and Toasting, uh, we are here for show number 180, and uh, we are very excited about bringing this show to you because we think it's going to be a really good one. Because joining us, one of our one of our favorite people to ever have on the show, and we basically now just refer to you as uh, Smoking and Toasting's wine expert. Mark Burrell from the uh, Rainbow Lodge. Mark, how are you, man? Cheers. How are you? Well, happy to be here. It's so nice to have you, um, and I'm I'm thrilled to have uh, uh, Ian. I think we are you still with me? I may have lost you. I'm just seeing a picture of you. I don't know what's going well, on. Well, I'm I, I'm here. Are you not seeing me at all? I'm <laughs> seeing a frozen picture of you, and it says R M. Well, ignore ignore me for a minute, and I'll see if I can figure it out. All right. Well, in the meantime, we have Mark Burrell on the show uh, to talk today about the best wine to drink during the apocalypse. Because, after all, this is about as close as we've gotten to the apocalypse and, you know, <laughs> most of mankind's existence. And I, I'm just looking behind you, Mark, and I can tell you're ready. You're what they call a prepper. I am. You're I've, what got, they call um, a prepper. I've got plenty. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's perfect. So, now, you know, it's, it's a little weird uh, because both smoking cigars and enjoying wine, happier spirits, it's such a social thing. And we're in this very strange time now that uh, social interaction has changed completely. And there used to be a stigma maybe attached to drinking alone. There's not anymore. I think we lost Mark. Uh, so, Adam, I don't know if you were <laughs> able to reconnect with him. Uh, but as soon as we got Ian back, we lost Mark. So, uh, Great. <laughs> I told you it was a... An audio-video catastrophe today, uh, and that's exactly how it... Oh, there's Mark. He's back. Sorry. Uh, Mark, <laughs> we may have to turn your camera back on, because I'm just seeing okay. Ian's, you know, ugly face. So, uh... Please, let me see. Actually, Ian, I have to say, you look you look good. I haven't seen you now in a while, and I miss you, brother. Thanks, man. It's a, it's a nice... Uh, ah. Nice to be able to do this, at least. There, Mark is back with us. Mark, we were just talking about, uh, uh, you know... Drinking and smoking has a tendency to be such a social thing for us. Yeah. And um, and our whole social rules have changed, at least for a while during this time. Um, kind of takes away the stigma of drinking alone, doesn't it? <laughs> absolutely. My couch is seeing a bunch of action for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so I, I'm assuming that um, you can guide us towards some good wines to, uh, to try. Um, during the apocalypse, so we'll hopefully uh, be able to talk about that today. I do want to mention we are brought to you by uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Uh, by the way, we had the question on last week's show, was B&B open for deliveries? Yes, they are. Uh, uh, not for deliveries, but for uh, for curbside pickup, and you can still, of course, get a, a steak and take it home and deal with that, too, which is not a bad deal. So, uh, What about you guys at Rainbow Lodge, Mark? Are you... Uh, are you still uh, uh, serving people out the front door? Oh, absolutely. Uh, curbside takeout uh, with both um, uh, wine and cocktails. We, we have some pre, um, um, made some cocktail kits uh, that are oh, okay nice. to take out the door and uh, legal. And 
And uh, so right. we're we're having fun with that, and people <laughs> know that. But we, we, as you can tell, we have a, quite an extensive cellar, and, um, and most of the wines on the cellar are half off. Um, and so I encourage um, folks who want to uh, stock up or dive deep into the cellar or get a really good gem for for uh, not a lot of money to give me a call and let's get something out. Wow! So this is a great time maybe to try that special bottle you've been wanting to try that you were maybe saving up a Absolutely. little bit for, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially times like this, we need something something good and something positive in our life, and, and I think a really nice bottle of wine does do we just Do we just call the Rainbow Lodge and ask for you, or do we just call the Rainbow yeah. Lodge in general, or... Yeah, no, you can call you can call the Rainbow Lodge. Um, ask for ask for me now. There's you can't throw a stick in here without finding a mark, so you got to ask for the wine guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Say the wine but, guy, that'll be you. Yeah, you bet. But I'm happy to um, to help navigate and and find something that actually fits your tastes and and something that I think you're going to really enjoy. Well, maybe what we'll do is we'll give you a couple of different uh, price ranges today, and you can make a suggestion yeah. for the for the best. Uh, the best wine to self-isolate with. I love it. I, lo- I have right. a few things picked out, I think. All right. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Uh, you know, the one, of course, the big drawback for us, Mark, is that we're not getting to actually share these wines with you. So you'll have to, uh, you'll have to be just, dis- well, well, you'll I have to be descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> but it gives okay. me an opportunity to open a few bottles. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, Ian and I will be tasting some beers and spirits. Ian, what you what you got on tap for us today? Well, it's funny you mention that there, Cruz. Because what I have here is a... Hadn't seen this before. This is a can of... And uh, I think Adam has a better oh. picture that I sent him just in case. This is a can of over-the-moon milk stout from Guinness Brewing. Now, this is so interesting because you did a Guinness product last week, so... You may be going through yeah. the Guinness phase here, are you not? Well, I see them. You know, my wife is such a fan of Guinness. She'll try anything by Guinness. So when I see new and interesting stuff, I just pick it up, and it just happens mm-hmm. that the last couple weeks we've had that. And then That's I sweet. brought one of my old standards. I don't remember if we've done this on the show, but if we did, it was so long ago, it doesn't matter. And that would be mm-hmm. the Founders Porter. And it says right there on the label, it says dark, rich, and sexy, and it is all of those things. It is all of those things. Well, that uh, that sounds that sounds terrific. Uh, what about spirits, Ian? What are we tasting in the spirits category uh, from your uh, from your collection? Now, isn't that a good question? Because I totally forgot to grab one and bring it out. But I'll go do that in just a moment. Okay. Well, uh, it's it's interesting. Um, let me go through what I'll be sampling today. Uh, good. I'll be right back. Four hands and uh, shared brewing company got together. Four Hands out of St. Louis. We've had their stuff on the show before. They've been terrific. Uh, they have put together a double dry hop hazy IPA that's called Street Sody, which I thought was an interesting name. Uh, and so we'll be trying that one today. I, I love these collaborations. In fact, uh, both beers I'm uh, going to be tasting today are collaboration beers. The uh, second one is from Nova, uh, out of New Orleans, of course. Uh, New Orleans Lagers and Ales is what NOLA stands for. Uh, and uh, it's their team up with Southern Pines Brewing, and it is a peanut butter espresso bonbon stout. So I'm looking forward to trying that as well. Now, anything Ian, that says bonbon stout is just decadent. Yeah, Ian, my spirit today, I thought would be really interesting uh, to taste 
the yellow rose single malt because I thought I already have it. There's no way they can stand us up like they did the last two times they were supposed to be on the show. <laughs> but here's the beautiful thing. When I prepared, and I do the show from a spot on my uh, balcony outside my apartment uh, so that I could enjoy the cigar. Uh, and when I prepared, I brought out everything except the yellow rose. So in so it still didn't day, show. I wish you knew how to express show. your disappointment. Uh, I know. Self-expression has always been, you know, a struggle for me, as I'm sure uh, you guys can can, uh, can tell. So at some point, I will go get the Yellow Rose, and uh, I'll be tasting that uh, as well. Cigar industry and the um, uh, spirit industry. Oh, very nice. Uh, I so I, I went in and before, snapped up my Knob Creek twice-barreled rye secondary oak finish uh cask 100 proof 50 percent and uh as you can see i may have sampled this before you may have put a small dent in that bottle yes yes um, uh you twice barreled means obviously two different kinds of barrels correct mm -hmm, two finished in two different barrels so obviously the secondary oak uh barrel i don't know if it says anything more on it, it doesn't have a lot of information on the bottle it just mm -hmm. says uh, secondary oak finish, so. So uh, that, that'll be fantastic. Mark, I want to go back to uh, something you mentioned a little bit earlier. This has been a very, uh, a, a little bit of a bumpy opener for us, but, uh, but we sure do appreciate having you on the show. You mentioned that um, you had sort of a cocktails to go um, prepared there at the Rainbow Lodge. Now, yeah. I, I realize every state's liquor laws are different, but at least in Texas, have those laws changed or shifted during they the have, virus? Okay, yeah, so, so have, how, did, the, how did they change? The governor has um, relaxed some of the restrictions on um, wine to go. Now, back in September or August, um, he has allowed us to, to um, allow third-party delivery services to pick up wine to go. Right. Um, and that happened um, at the end of last year. Um, during this... Um, uh, debacle. Uh, he has uh, allowed um, restaurants um, and, bar and bars, I suppose, if they can remain open, with that sell a specific amount of, of food to um, be able to sell wine and uh, out the door. He's extended that to include um, cocktail kits. Now, the law says, according to TABC, and I talk with them three times a week at least. Um, is that the bottle has to be smaller than 375 milliliters, um, and it has to be sealed by the manufacturer. So what that allows us to do is say, okay, great, we can give you a bottle of bourbon or a bottle of gin or a bottle of vodka, um, but we can't open it and we can't mix it with anything. Um, but what I can do is send them, send out, say, like, vermouth-soaked olives um, or... Oh. Or bitters and and Luxardo cherries and that kind of thing. So I can. So we're selling Manhattans, we're selling uh, martinis, we're selling old fashions, um, and um, it's, it's a take and shake. Mimosas. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's the take it. and shake. I love it. I love and we, it. And we and we give it and we try to what we try to do is make sure that the um, that our customers has the same at least drinking experience that they would had them had they be here. So. Right. Um, so yeah, we give them all the garnish and we give them all the the little extras, the accoutrement that that they'll need to create their own cocktails. 
um, and instructions, and and uh, and it's enough for five or six cocktails, and and it's great. Uh, I I guess that the obviously the to go business is all of uh, the the restaurant business is right now, at least in uh, states that are shut down the way we are here in Texas, and I'm assuming that's just about everywhere. How yeah. how tough, in your opinion, Mark? Not talking about the Rainbow Lodge specifically, but just the the entire bar and restaurant in, in industry. Assuming that we can be open again in a month or two, how difficult do you think this is all going to be to recover from? Uh, well, I think that we're, yeah, I think I think that um, that we're probably going to spend a little bit of time. Um, trying to uh, coerce the public from to, to come back and to be among uh, right. other to people. To feel okay They're, about coming back yeah. I, If I had to guess, I think that there'll be a, a wave of people who are just tired of being at home um, and yes. want to go out. And then I, I think that they'll kind of back off and go, well, wait a second, let's see how this thing is going to play out and if there's any repercussions or if there's anything um, else going on. I think, I think it'll take some time um, to do that to, to right. you know, for people to get to congregate again. From some of the things that I've read, uh, there are some uh, of the scientists and doctors who are expecting that once social distancing is relaxed, <clears throat> that it could spark another wave and have to be, you know, implemented more tightly again. So my thinking is, if that's the case, I want to, you know, I want to get in a couple of really good meals and some really good trips to uh, my favorite places to eat and drink while we have the opportunity if we're going to be shut yeah. back in again, you know? So that's just yeah. my thought. Yeah, and, and you were fortunate that, you know, we've been around for 43 years and, uh, you know, we have, we're in a really great neighborhood with a lot of very loyal um, people. And so I think that, um, that that's helping. And, and, you know, daily we get dozens of people that pass through the drive through that say, look, we're just happy to see that you're they're doing this and that you're right. still here. Um, and that and we can still get, albeit, takeaway we can still get our favorite um dishes um it's of course we'd rather have you know 200 people in the dining room but um you know second best is being able to take it home and and we're sure. happy to be absolutely. Able to do that. absolutely yeah i've noticed a lot of restaurants are doing the whole uh meal preparation thing instead of just one meal they're doing a lot of family meal stuff too are you guys doing family meal kind of things yeah yeah, we do. Um, on our website, there's there's two different um, uh, takeout options that you can have. You can have a, a takeout meal for two, which is three or four courses um, that includes dessert, um, and then there's a la carte, so people can you know mix and match and get you know kind of what they want. Um, but for Easter, um, we we have a, a, a takeout menu as well, where we're serving things like rack of lamb and uh, and uh, delicious rolls and a lot of sides. Some really beautiful things that that um, rib roast and and some really beautiful things that you could take home to your family. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I wanted to mention, by the way, as we learn to do things with technology, and listen, today shows proof that you know this technology. We often say smoking and toasting versus the internet is our first. Uh, <laughs> we'll guess that when they're in because it's us trying to you know connect to Facebook and. <laughs> share it and invite people out and, and usually the internet wins uh the internet definitely won today or at least technology did because we had <laughs> we had some uh you know some skype issues and things getting things started fortunately we were able to work everything out but that is not going to deter us from trying something very new and i want to pass this along 
I've actually already posted this on the Smoking and Toasting Facebook page, so the details are there, but I'll share them with everyone here. And, um, and this is what it is. On Saturday afternoon, this coming Saturday, um, at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, Smoking and Toasting will host our first ever virtual smoke fest. Uh, it'll be on Zoom, and we're inviting anyone who wants to have a, a cigar or a pipe or anything else. Uh, if you want to uh, smoke with us and just chat and talk about what we're smoking and maybe what we're drinking and what we're enjoying together, it's a chance to try to be try to do that social thing that we enjoy going out and doing but can't right now. So let me give you the numbers. The Zoom ID, and write this down or go to our Facebook page because it's written down there, uh, 416-693-5409. That is the Zoom meeting number. So it'll ask you to join. If you want to join a meeting, you enter that in Zoom. And then the meeting password, which Zoom is doing now, because people apparently were drawing pictures of penises and stuff on other people's uh, important business conferences. So now you have to have a password to join a meeting. And the password for our meeting is the number 7, uh, lowercase e, the number 7 again, lowercase b, Capital O, not zero, but capital O, and lowercase u. So 7E7B, capital O, U is the password. And again, that's a lot And for some of you, hold on. Hold on. For some of you that are clever, if you hold that up to your camera so we can see it, we can just take a screenshot. All right. Give it just a couple Andy, moments just way here. smarter than I am. Well, you know, it's a, that's kind of an easy way. Yeah, just hold it up right there. You got the information. You can take a screenshot if you're on already. It's pretty easy. They also have a picture thing on uh, Skype. But uh, that way you guys can log on. And also on Facebook, you should get an invite. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And by the way, that, again, just to stress, that's 7E7B, capital O. That's not a zero, capital O. I don't know why they give us that confusing of a password, but that's what they did. So uh, speaking of uh, smoke fest, Ian, I, I see you're lit up. What are you smoking for us today? Oh, dude, you only did that because I'm too far away to come and snatch it out of your hand and throw it in the waste can. <laughs> <laughs> I did this for two reasons. So this is a Nat Sherman Timeless. Yes. All right, and I know that we vowed, you know, we're not going to buy cigars from Nat Sherman anymore. I'm smoking this for two reasons. One. Uh, because me and Alan both thought it would be funny to tweak your nose. Yeah, Alan's, Alan's good like that. And and two, because I didn't actually buy this. It was it was given to me. Guess okay, who by? Yeah. Oh, uh, Mr. Chris Hart? By Alan. Of by course. Alan. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he gave this to me. Because I, I said, I need a cigar to review on the show tomorrow. I was over there yesterday to grab some cigars. And, uh, and he goes, okay, I'm going to give you a cigar to do the show. And he gave me this. Well, okay, so for those who don't understand what this is about, uh, Nat Sherman's uh, parent company, which is a very large tobacco company that sells about 98% cigarettes and about 2% cigars, Nat Sherman. Uh, when the recent uh, very onerous legislation was proposed that were putting huge, uh, you know, huge restrictions on the cigar industry. We're likely to put many small cigar makers and cigar companies out of business. Nat Sherman's parent company came out and said they actually supported this legislation and trusted that the government would ultimately make the right decisions. Um, yeah, remember when the government made all the right decisions for us? Yeah. yeah. Never. 
I don't recall that uh, happening a whole lot. Coronavirus would be a perfect example of that not necessarily uh, happening the way that it should. Uh, but anyway, it was at that point that I said, look, it's not a boycott, but I certainly won't be buying any more Nat Sherman cigars. And I was lucky because at that time, I didn't have any more of them in my humidor. So I didn't have to make that decision. Of, Do I smoke well, it or so throw it away? So, and I agree with that. And I'm, I'm with you 100%. I thought not only would it be fun to tweak your nose a little bit, but to, to express something kind of sucks, really. This is a sad moment. I'm smoking a cigar. This is a Nat Sherman Timeless. And though I won't buy these anymore, as a gift, I'm fine with that. Uh, my conscience mm -hmm. is clear. However, uh, my conscience, not my conscience, that's different. My conscience is not clear. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what we're missing out on because of that is that this is a pretty damn good cigar. Yes. That I, I can't buy anymore due to moral reasons. Yeah, I've smoked it before and I enjoyed it very much. It's actually I mean, now, a lot of the a lot of the Nat Sherman line. I'm not that crazy about it anyway. It's very, you know, it's very very mild. Doesn't have uh, as much flavor as I'm usually looking for. But that particular cigar, that, that, I thought that was really good. This this to me is very toasty and very nutty, uh, with a yeah. little bit of complex spice going on in there, and it has a little bit of that earthy, that kind of Cuban seed earthiness. Mm -hmm. That uh, underlying yes. the spice that I really enjoy, and like I said, I'm a little sad because this is probably the last one I'll have. Well, I want to and, mention mine. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm just gonna guess, looking from the tiny little bit of your label, I can see that that's an Oktoberfest. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's uh, it's a very interesting cigar, though. And I wanted to mention it. one of the reasons I kind of cut you off there is because I'm about to need to take this bottom band off, and before I do, I wanted to show that that's. Uh, Oh, where's my where's my camera? That's AJ Fernandez. Um, this is uh, something that AJ put together for uh, the folks at I believe uh, now I'm not going to remember. I believe it was Thompson Cigar. Uh, yes, it was Thompson Cigar. So it's a house brand for Thompson, the Nicaraguan series from uh, AJ Fernandez. And I got to tell you, so far it's right on par. This is the Robusto. It's right on par with anything uh, that AJ does in his own line or for Hoyo or any of the other guys. And um, it's a bit cheaper. So there you go. There's your, uh, there's your uh, momentary review. So uh, I'll get back. I had one of those Hoyos yesterday, by the way. It was fantastic. So good. The La Amistad, they're so mm -hmm. incredibly good. So incredibly good. Well, I'll get back to this in a little bit. Uh, I want to uh, bring back our, uh, our special guest today, our resident wine expert. Mark Burrell from the Rainbow Lodge. Uh, Mark, we wanted to talk about wines to drink during the apocalypse. And I have a feeling you have some suggestions for us. So uh, why don't we get started? You bet. Absolutely. I think that every time that we visit, I bring something that has some fizz and some sparkle to it. And today is oh, no you, exception. I just want to mention the very first time you were on the show, that sparkling wine that you brought, the, the one that was uh, from the U.K.? Oh yeah! Oh the my God! Still, <laughs> it's still one of my all-time favorites. That's great. That's great. And so the thing, my, my point is, is that we there's there's really no time to to uh, no bad time to drink sparkling wine. It's not just a, a special occasion holiday wine, especially now when people are depleting their cellars and and going through things in their in their refrigerator. If you've got that really nice bottle of champagne, I say drink it. Um, but 
my point today is that I brought with me some actual champagne. You know, in the past, we've talked about things that are sparkling wine that don't come from the champagne region of France. This one actually does, and it's really affordable. This one's from Nicolas Fouillat, um, and you could probably find it in the in the grocery stores and in your wine shops for less than thirty bucks. Um, wow. Typically on my list, yeah. Typically on my list, it's in the fifty dollar range. Um, we have it here now um, for uh, twenty five, um, and I've got I've got a few of them. So um, if your listeners uh, or your viewers get uh, thirsty, they can come on by the Rainbow Lodge and, and take awesome. a bottle. But um, but. You know, because it's kind of a special thing and uh, not our, like a lot of people think that it's a special thing, I wanted to kind of demonstrate um, how one opens a bottle of champagne. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, so I haven't opened this yet, and it's been sitting out. Now, you, I, ideally, you want to let it um, be very, very cold um, um, so before you open it. I, this one's been hanging out for a good 20 minutes or so, so I'm a little worried about it. But, but... You, you don't have to be scared of it. The best thing is, is one of these. It's a towel. <laughs> <laughs> really. And, and that, and that will just go over the top of the, of the bottle. Now I haven't, I haven't taken the, the cage off. Um, um, not yet at least because that's, that's where you get into trouble. This, this bottle has about 90 pounds of pressure in it. That's three times more than your car tire. Um, and wow. so basic, yeah. So if you put the, the towel on the, on the bottle, it'll, in case something does happen, the towel will catch it rather than the, the yeah, it'll mitigate the energy. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And along those same lines, you, de you definitely want to keep it facing away from, from you or anybody. The last thing you want is this to like hit you in the face. Um, no champagne related injuries. Yeah. <laughs> well, the idea behind uh, the idea behind opening a champagne bottle, Mark, correct me if this is not correct, is you don't necessarily want to cause the big explosion. You yeah. want to contain that as much as possible, right? That's right. They call it the kiss, the champagne kiss. And so you, you want you want that you want that cork to just barely come out and the gas to to, to emit, and and that's pretty much it. If you, you have all that big. If you have all that big fanfare and the and the the champagne comes out of the bottle, guess what? You've just lost a glass of champagne. I want well, that. Exactly, exactly. It always cracks me up in movies or TV shows where they go, "Bring me your most expensive bottle of champagne," and they bring it over, and then they, oh. you know, uncork it, and it, you know, goes everywhere. I'm like, that's, that's half the bottle's gone, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Half the bottle. So, like so that. there's there's a little twisty thing, and I think everyone's familiar with it. It's when you twist that. Um, off and again, I have this still under the towel, but I've twisted that off and and um, loosened, kind of loosened the cage on the cork a little bit. You can use the towel and the grip from the cage to help with the cork. And so basically, you want to twist the bottle and let that cork just barely come out. I don't know if you heard that. But I it was did, just but a, it was yeah, very subtle. Yeah, just a nice just a little pop. Yeah. And they, notice well, you, you know, don't I have do champagne thing. spewing everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I want it to go in here, not on the floor. Right. That makes sense. Speaking yeah, of, I think I will. So again, this is from Nicolas Fouillat. Um, it's a quite a um, 
I, I think it's a really great um, uh, everyday bottle of champagne. I've been to the facility there in, in France, and they do such a really great job um, on it. They produce some really um, quality um, champagnes, and but because they produce a lot of it, you don't have to pay for like some of the big some of the big na- uh, uh, names that, that you might see. And Mark, it's, it's fairly well um, uh, available. Mark, let us see that bottle again and twist it around just so we get a full, uh, yeah, full sure. frontal view on that. Uh, and also, while you're doing that, uh, uh, Michael Hall uh, uh, is on the uh, comments on my uh, live broadcast here, and he asks if you mail order wines. Uh, I can't do that. The state won't let can't us do Can't do that. the mail order. But um, but we do encourage folks to, I assume that he might not be here in Houston, but I do encourage folks to, who can pass through and and um, and pick up a bottle to do so. By the way, um, you have to get a bite to eat. You have to have some sort of food with um, alcohol to go. Um, but we have a few like little nibbles that that would be great with this. I think that um, um, I know that when um, Adam was was in, and certainly you, Cruz. I think we gave you some of those little fried chicken, uh, fried quail bites, um, which are so great. Yeah, they're Amazing. they're incredible. And and one of the best pairings in the world is, is champagne and fried chicken. Champagne and fried so, chicken. Champagne yeah. and fried chicken sounds amazing. And it's so Adam, we're hearing you. I don't know what uh, what happened there, and I think I might. Did I lose Mark? No, there he is. He's still there. I'm, All right. Well, um, well, I'll tell you if you've never been if you've never been to the Rainbow Lodge to eat, you can't order anything. That's not going to be amazing. Like, I don't think that's anything on the menu. There might be something you don't like because you don't like that food, but everything they make there is amazing. So I can't imagine. I Like, the hardest part about going there is deciding what to get because there's everything looks so good. Mark, so. tell us again about the characteristics of that uh, champagne. So so it's quite dry. Um, uh a lot of people think that champagne has um, a bit of a sweetness to it, and there are some that have some residual sugar. It's called dosage. It's the the way that the uh, the, the champagne is made. But this one is is quite dry. This is their brut, um, which tells you about the amount of sugar that's been added at the end. Um, and so it is it is quite dry. It's got these tiny little bubbles. It is um, it's quite a beautiful expression of, of um, champagne from uh, from this region from Shui, uh, the region uh, uh, south of uh, Epernay. Mark, can I ask you a, a, a sparkling wine question? Um, Go for it. Prosecco is all the rage right now. I'm really a fan of the dry, not sweet style of uh, champagne and sparkling wine. So the proseccos that I've tried, I have not liked. Does that mean I don't sweet. like that? Yes. Does that mean that I don't like that iteration, or does it mean I haven't tried the right prosecco yet? Um, that's uh, okay. So generally speaking, a good number of champagnes of, of, of proseccos rather have a little bit of that sweetness to it. That's frankly why they're so popular. Um, right. But I think your um, taste run to the drier side. And so I would, if I were you, I would stick with um, either Champagne. There's another region in, in northern Italy called Frenchacorta, which is often made exactly the way that Champagne is made. Um, you could also check um, some of the Cava from, um, 
from that I eastern love side the of novice, yes. Spain, right? Yes. And what you want to look for is that word brut, because that will that will determine the amount of sugar that's that's in the bottle. And if you see that, you're more than likely gonna gonna uh, like it. So brut is gonna be a drier, right? Less mm-hmm. sweet overall. Yeah. Um, awesome. Ian, I'm I'm getting thirsty watching Mark having champagne, so I think <laughs> you and I should. Well, you already started your beer, have you not? No, no, I got a show beer here. Oh, okay. Well, let's today's show beer is brought to you yeah. by Firestone Walker. Oh, what a great show beer that is! The <laughs> eight oh five. And uh, yes. if you haven't had eight oh five, and you want something that's just a beautifully uh, light, uh, uh, it's not a light beer, but a lighter beer, and I think it's called yeah. a blonde ale or a pale ale. I can't remember exactly, but. Man, it's so good. It's just such it is, a great, like, sessionable, amazing beer. We've had it on the show before, and I've just, what, what I always say to people is, if you're someone who doesn't really like, you know, uh, stouts or porters or IPAs, you're, you have more mainstream beer taste, but you're looking for more flavor, this is, this is a great way oh, to go. Outstanding. When I was in... But I, was I brought... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, when I spent a month in Los Angeles um, uh, a year or so ago, a year or two ago, uh, and we did the show from out there, uh, it was what I noticed when I went out. It was it was kind of like Shiner Bach is here in Houston. It was, everybody had it on tap. Yeah, everybody everywhere was, there, yeah. It was extremely popular. So, uh, But what are you, you going to open up here, Ian? The oh, yes. Founders Porter. Now this, and I already opened it. I have a little opener on my wall over here that I just reached over and hit. It's it's within length arm length of my chair, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, this uh, Founders Porter, and I'm going to pour this so you can see the color of it. Oh, yeah. That's nice. This is a dark, rich porter. And it says on the label, it says dark, rich, and sexy. Um, on the <laughs> back of it, it says, pours silky black with a creamy tan head. The nose is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel. Malt presence, no absence of hops, gives this founder's robust porter. The full flavor you deserve and expect. Cozy like velvet. It's a lover, not a fighter. Um, mm. I buy this I buy this regularly because you know me. I like darker, fuller beers. It is also, yes, uh, it's not real big. It's 6.5%, so it's not... Yeah, it's not debilitating until you have you know six of them. So <laughs> that's about like that's about like but, an IPA in terms of yeah. yeah. But yeah. everything right. that they said about it is absolutely true. Like the aroma is wonderful. It's rich. It it has a creamy sweetness to it, and not too much carbonation uh, to counteract the the creaminess and the flavor. So it's really. Truly enjoyable, I, and one of the things I love about this beer is you can let it sit out, and it's fine warm. It's a little more bitter like coffee, but it's fine. I love your beer glass, by the way. That's fantastic. So, for those of you in the know, this comes from, uh, <laughs> there's a mustard that comes in this glass called Dusseldorf awesome. mustard. <laughs> and uh, when you finish the mustard, you have a great little taster glass here left over, and it's outstanding mustard as well. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, you you guys are making me so thirsty. I'm gonna. I don't yeah, know if there you go. I don't know if we got any of that. Uh, this we got I'm, all. I'm, that. I'm I'm doing all collaborations today. Uh, this is a collaboration between and 
excellent brewery from St. Louis called Four Hands. And uh, they've collaborated with Shared Brewing Company. And this is called Street Sodi. It's a uh, double dry hopped hazy India pale ale. And I am so excited to get some. Oh, I don't know if you can see that. But that looks like I'm pouring orange juice. That's just. That's just <laughs> it does. It looks like you had a frosty glass, too. Yeah. Uh, well, it was frosty. I put it. It came out of my freezer. Then I slipped it into this little cooler that I brought out here with me. And uh, wow, this has got so much citrus on the nose. It's almost like smelling an orange juice, to be honest. Look at how the head just clings to the glass, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I get a fairly aggressive Christopher Hart style pour. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm going to. Mm. Wow, Ian! I think you would actually really like this one. I know you—you're uh, not the IPA guy, but we've tried several of these hazier, juicier ones that you've got. I just want you to look at the color in the glass. I mean, it's so—it this is really a hazy IPA. I mean, it, it looks like an orange it, juice, and it tastes. Delicious. It looks like orange juice that you had a little ice in. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. it's barely watered down orange juice. And it just has a very refreshing, uh, the carbonation level is perfect. Um, the uh, finish is almost a, a, like a grapefruit and mango. So it starts with the orange juice flavor, and then it ends up with just a little of that uh, grapefruity uh, mango uh, sort of flavor. One of the things I wanted to share from the can is, you know, occasionally uh, the, uh, the breweries will put on their can what it goes with or what it pairs with. I know the folks at Anchorage will often um, mention not only a food, but even a cigar uh, that their uh, yep. beer would pair with. In this case, Forehand says the pairings for this uh, particular beer are cheese puffs and beef jerky. And <laughs> I have to say, I think I think they're right. I think they're right. Although, I'd love to try it with some of those fried... Uh, some of those fried quail nuggets you were it'd go great with the quail absolutely <laughs> oh, oh man that'd be that'd be fantastic so all right we're a beer in and a wine in and i wanted to correct myself by the way about my nicaraguan series by aj fernandez um thankfully i do have access to the internet and uh discovered i was wrong it's not a specialty product for thompson it's from jr cigar <laughs> Excuse me. Ah, so bless um, you. So sorry about that. There's no way to do that away from the mic when the mic is connected to your ear. I should have uh, pulled the butt out for a moment. Uh, in any case, um, it's uh, it's smoking great. And, you know, we talk sometimes about IPAs and cigars struggling against each other. Not the case with the street, Sody. This is this is working just fine. So, so Mark, let's come back to you for another wine. Yeah, you bet. So um, it's getting warm. And... Um, and uh, big, heavy reds, while are very, very popular, um, might not be the best um, choice for um, enjoying a cigar or sitting outside like you are, yeah? Um, and yeah. so what I brought was a, uh, a Pinot Grigio. Mm. This is from, um, <clears throat> so another crisp, very dry, kind of light style red, uh, uh, white wine from northern Italy, from uh, Friuli, which is the extreme north and eastern side of Italy, the, tar the part that touches Slovenia and Croatia. And this is from Veneca and Veneca. Um, I see these guys every year in Germany. When I Speaking of Dusseldorf, I go every year for this, for this wine show and, and really enjoy hanging out with these guys. They do such a great job with, um, with Pinot Grigio. And I think um, it's, it's a beautiful expression of Pinot Grigio because it, it 
kind of throws people a little off. I don't know if you can tell, but this has kind of a copper hue to it. It's not. Yeah, not, it's got a little reddish to it. Yeah, it's not a crystal clear white wine. It has a bit of um, of a, a peakness to it, and that's because the Pinot Grigio grape itself isn't a white grape. It's kind of a uh, an off grayish, kind of slightly red, kind of in, in between red and 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 white style of of grape. And <clears throat> this particular producer is is. Um, Going old school and is leaving it on the on the skins for just a just a little bit. And what it does is it it gives it a little color. I think most Pinot Grigio, um, before it becomes filtered, does have a little color to it. Um, but it also gives it a little bit of texture and uh, and flavor. And I think it's beautiful. Now, when you it's, say you leave it on the skins a little longer, that adds a little bit of dryness to the finish too, doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah, it does. I tell people all the time that that think about when you're in the grocery store and you pick a grape from the produce department and you bite into it and the first thing you get is that burst of juice. But you, as you chew, it becomes bitter, not in an unpleasant way, but it does come a little bitter and your mouth dries out. Those are the tannins right. and this, the skins of the, of, the, of the grape. Same thing with walnuts. You get that tannic structure. And that's what, these, that's what this little bit of color is going to give you, just a little bit of body. Um, and so that I think that, that you know a lot of people would, would consider Pinot Grigio specifically as a nothing but white, um, the style of food, um, fish, and, um, and some, some uh, light boiled seafood and that kind of thing. I think this would go great with a pork chop. That's, wow. That'd be on yeah. the grill. Nice. Yeah, or really some spicy sausage. I think this would this would really stand up to it. Mark, I've, uh, so, I enjoy so friendly for too. grilling, too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, this would be great, especially being outside on the grill. Yeah, Mark, I enjoy a good uh, uh, glass of Chardonnay from time to time. But I have to say, just for my personal taste, I almost enjoy the, the Pinot Grigio or even a Cabernet Sauvignon um, even, uh, or am I saying the right, what, the other Blanc. white, the Sauvignon Blanc, sorry, that's yeah, uh -huh. uh, uh, So I enjoy those almost, almost more. There's something about those styles that just seem so refreshing and thirst quenching. Uh, like yeah. you said, if you're eating some spicy sausage or something, they really do a nice job uh, uh, complimenting Absolutely. That. Well, you know, it doesn't get very cold for very long here in Houston and and I think that that white and you know I brought uh, that Texas rosé the last time we met. Um, yes. I think it's, that those those do really really well in Texas, and I don't think that there's a bad time of the year in Texas to to drink um, a substantial white wine or a really nice rosé. Um, I have six rosés on the list here at at, uh, at Rainbow, and they're all well, they're all regularly forty in the forty dollar range, and so we've got them all at twenty bucks, um, and they're flying off the shelves right now. People are going nuts over um, over these rosé. And I think the same thing about about something like this. It's not s super um, light and crisp, although it is. Um, but it ha because it has that little bit of tannic structure, and I think it goes really well with food. Um, Thirteen and a half percent. So certainly not a, nice. a uh, an eleven or twelve percent, very light white wine. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with its structure and its and its um, and its and uh, tell us the, the the price point for that. Is that an expensive bottle? Um, actually, no. Um, on the list at Rainbow, it runs forty-two now. During this epidemic, we're selling it out the door for twenty-one. Nice. <laughs> I want to point yeah. out yeah. too that your background, where you're sitting in your uh, wine cellar, <laughs> is amazing. I, I just, I'm loving to look at that too. That's awesome. 
Thank you. Uh, we've worked hard on the, on, on the cellar here at, at the lodge and few people get a, a chance to, to take a peek in it. And so I thought this was a, a great opportunity to, to kind of show it off. Yeah. yeah I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I came to the restaurant and you're like, Hey, come check this out. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, well we've done some remodeling in here too. I said, well, I said, we've done a little bit of remodeling. I have a new, um, um, rack here in the middle that you can't see right now from this angle, but, um, but, uh, it's, it's certainly helping keep the camera up. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'll just say, Ian, I mentioned this when you were uh, getting situated at the beginning of the show, but, um, if, if you've read about those people that are preppers, that they, uh, prep out their basement with all this food and stuff, the last time in the case of the apocalypse, Mark is officially the greatest prepper I've ever seen <laughs> based on what's behind him. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, nice. Nice. If it all hits the fan, I want to come in with you, okay? Absolutely. I've got plenty. <laughs> all right. Good, good. Um, we can secure that cellar against zombies. Yes, yeah, we can. There's a lock, there's a lock on the door, but, uh, you know, we've got it all worked out. <laughs> um, um, I wanted to mention that, you know, we talked about delivery. And, Adam, I sent you a picture. You'll know which one uh, that I'm talking about here. Maybe you can uh, put that up. And, Mark, I wish you could see it, but Skype won't let you see it. Uh, the way we're doing this, but there is, maybe I can find it on my phone and show it to you on the camera. There's a great story I came across about, um, about delivery and curbside. And in Maryland, uh, there's the Stonehouse urban winery in Hagerstown, Maryland. And they have, um, they have enlisted the services of a wine delivery dog. Um, and his name is soda pup. He's a 75 pound brindle boxer. Here is a picture of Soda Pop. And, I saw that. Uh, I think Adam has one he can put up. Uh, so he's who, who greets you when you go by for curbside delivery. You've ordered your wine, and they send Soda Pop out with it strapped to his uh, his body. And, you know, it makes me think of those St. Bernard's that had the whiskey barrel uh, around their neck. Uh, it, it, seems like, it seems like it's our uh, coronavirus version of that. I thought that was... I thought that was just an awesome story. I can, um, oh, there's a picture. I can, I can offer our assistant manager, Daniel, who can, can come out to the car for you, but <laughs> unfortunately I don't have a dog. Uh, yeah, Daniel will have to do. Perhaps he can, you know, um, you just a strap it to, to his back. Friendly. Yeah, exactly. I've heard him he before. Be. It's, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's uh, some very interesting and, and kind of depressing articles that I ran across this week about craft breweries in the time of this coronavirus because – so many, especially the smaller craft breweries, so much of their sales is on premise. People coming to the tap room and, and doing all of this. Um, some of these stories are saying that a lot of craft breweries, as many as a third, uh, may not survive three months of this uh, kind of lockdown. Just financially, it'll be too much for them to bear. I was wondering how you thought, Mark, this was affecting the wine industry. I know there's got to be certain areas where they're not harvesting now and should be harvesting, correct? Well, harvest isn't until September, um, okay. late August. Yeah, it's late August through about October-ish, depending on where where they are, and it's at least this side of the northern hemisphere. Um, so, at least with the grapes, that's that's not an issue. Um, and and you know, right now, winemakers are pretty isolated on their own. You know, they've doing their thing. They're checking the tanks. They're they're checking the barrels. They're 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 tasting through. Maybe doing some blending, um, but. It, 
they're still able to do some curbside things. I'm seeing that in California and uh, and elsewhere. Um, but uh, you know, and there and mail order, obviously, your um, uh, your guy in Mississippi would would be happy getting uh, getting a mail order delivery from from one of the wineries there. But um, there might be some minimums to to take care. I think the wine industry itself, the the vineyards and the wineries. Will be okay. Um, they might have some extra stock, but what that may, what that means is that in two or three years they'll release um, this year's vintage that might be um, something special, or maybe they hold back on it because they have so much of it, so maybe they didn't sell that much of it. I think the the um, the real tragedy is going to be, like you said, with the breweries, with some of the restaurants that may not have been around for as long as we have, that may not um, have the um, the um, Operating capital to to be able to to, to keep going. Um, you're seeing a lot of of, of um, our hourly uh, staff and, and the hourly restaurant staff um, uh, all throughout the country now are are, are having having difficulties um, because there's there's no place for them. Um, right. Some of the smaller some of the smaller the uh, uh, resourceful restaurants are using um, their small staff to do deliveries and and to help out in the kitchen. Um, but when you're talking about um, some of these newer restaurants that, that blow up and have a really huge staff, and those are the ones that I worry about. Uh, I just want to say, we've, we've talked about this the last couple of weeks and I want to repeat it again. Uh, we really encourage you, uh, everyone, to do what you can. If, if you're still employed and you have the ability to do this, uh, do what you can to support your local craft breweries, your uh, restaurants, places that are your favorite, bars that are offering curbside or to go, try to uh, try to patronize these guys. Try to try to uh, make a, a, a purchase. Try to do something to support them. Here in Houston, uh, there is a new service which you can check out on the web. It's called Hop Drop. They will go to the craft breweries, pick it up, and deliver it to your doorstep. Uh, obviously, Mark, you told us about. You guys have the drive-through service, and you're perfectly situated for it. You've, you've almost got a drive-through right in front of the uh, right in front of <laughs> yeah, the that's right. There. You know, we, we use our valet so, entrances. It's covered and yeah. it's and it's really nice. Uh, so I, I want to point you know, out another you know, point we, that I wanted to bring over is, is since, since you've mentioned that is that you know while a lot of restaurants are incorporating the use of third-party delivery sites like Uber and 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 Postmates mm -hmm. and 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 Grubhub, we're on all of those sites as well. Um, but if you can find, if you can call and go pick it up yourself, it makes such a big, big difference because some of these delivery um, services will charge up to thirty percent of, of wow. the ticket just to just to bring it for uh, the uh, the ability for them to come here and pick it up and bring it to you. Um, which is, and we're happy to have the business. Don't get me wrong, but if you can, and our online ordering will be available in the next couple of days. So if you can call your favorite restaurant. Um, see what they have. Look at their menus online, and then go and pick it up. It it's it it does. It's better. It's for the for the restaurant in your local. Better for the um, restaurant. It's it's a it's a better way to support. Yeah. 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 So I, I also I, I wanted to point out there's there's some people out there uh, uh, doing stuff for uh, for good. Uh, our buddy Travis Whitmire over Whitmire's Distilling here in uh, Houston. I don't know if you've heard about this, but he's been uh, making hand sanitizer. Yeah, he has right. been making batches and batches of it. He has donated over six thousand one hundred gallons of hand sanitizer. And if I understand it correctly, you will get a free hand sanitizer if you go by the brewery or the distillery. 
Oh, wow. uh, and it's great. a big, it's a big bottle too. It's because I think uh, he doesn't have any small ones, it's a big bottle of it, but he's donated tons of hand sanitizer out to the communities. Uh, Tito's uh, handmade vodka, uh, also uh, out of Texas, uh, has uh, begun to create a whole line of hand sanitizer that they're donating to game wardens. Might be a, an area of public service that is uh, maybe overlooked in this in this time. And uh, I got to see a picture of the Tito's hand cleanser, and it's my favorite one I've seen so far that a distillery has come up with because on the bottle it has to say. For hands only, do not drink. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> so uh, I was able to pick up a bottle of uh, hand sanitizer this week that was made by a uh, distillery. My wife found it uh, when she went to uh, Kroger to the grocery store, made by a local distillery. And it's interesting because it's a liquid. You know, we're used to it being a gel. This is a liquid, almost like it's almost like vodka. I can see how you might mistake it for that. And, uh, we got uh, we got here at the lodge, and it and it kind of. It almost smells like like uh, like vodka, but yeah, uh, but it, really it certainly does, does so. trick. I think Cheetos is is smart to be putting a do not drink warning on the <laughs> on the on the hand sanitizer. Um, all right, uh, Ian, uh, what else are you drinking with us today? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> you really because... enjoyed this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the beer review. The next beer I brought is the uh, Open Gate Brewery Guinness. This is the one in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, right, uh, right. So Guinness opened a brewery in Baltimore uh, that I really want to go to at some point, by the way. It's called Open Gate Brewery, uh, and this is the Over the Moon Milk Stout. Now, I'm going to point out, you, you did mention that uh, this is the second week in a row I've brought a, a Guinness product, and I'm quite okay mm -hmm. with that. Um, uh, one of the things about Guinness is I have never tried a beer except for one that I don't really care for. And apparently it's a good beer and I just don't really care for it. So, uh, and that's the foreign extra style, which is a little bitter for me. I yeah. just like a lot of their other stuff better, but they've done, they've kind of gone to the, uh, craft brewery idea and gone, okay, well we could do more than just our Guinness stout. And they've made, they made an American style ale. They've done. Quite a few different ones. Last week was the uh, barrel age stout. This is the over the moon milk stout. We're gonna only put this up to next to my mic. That works well. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. So, and this is again very Guinness like in appearance. A little fizzier than Guinness, as you can see. Well, yeah. though. I poured that a little hard intentionally, and you can see that head sits on there pretty, pretty hard. Plus, it's also warmed up a little bit out here. I have it in one of my, one of my little cool cooties, uh, which works pretty well. But um, it's pretty warm out here. I, you know what? It occurred to me that a lot of people drink lighter beers when it's hot. I don't think I care that much. I drink whatever I'm in the mood <laughs> for when it's hot. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. This says, luxuriously smooth and sweet with creamy notes of chocolate and coffee. Made at our Open Gate Brewery in Baltimore, Maryland, where we combine 250 years of Guinness brewing experience in Ireland with American beer creativity. I love that they do that because they're literally giving a shout out to what uh, what the American breweries have done to beer. Mm -hmm. Like, they've blown it up. They've been so incredibly creative. They've broken styles so many over the last bunch of years. And uh, 
250 years of Guinness brewing, and they're changing because people want more flavors. I think that's amazing that yeah, a company that's that established will do that, too. Even it though they is, probably don't remember, have to because people drink Guinness anyway. You I know? remember when they opened a, a Baltimore brewery, one of the things I remember reading about it was that they wanted to uh, tap into the creative spirit of American brewers, which I think is so cool. So now that the head has settled down, off the nose, this smells like very much like coffee and bitter chocolate and a little tiny bit of hops on the end, which, you know, you don't usually smell a lot of hops on a stout, but you That's smell true. it. And of course, there's the malt profile that just hits you in the face first. Uh, this, I'm going to compare it to my... It actually might be a shade lighter than my porter that I'm drinking. Wow. Um, but this is my first taste of it, by the way. It is smooth. It is creamy. This is like a, um, this is like a semi-sweet chocolate milkshake almost with malt. Wow. Yeah, this is delicious right out, right, right out of the can just like that. That's awesome. Temperature-wise, it's probably at about 60, 65 degrees. It's not really cold, um, and it tastes amazing just like that. Mark, I know you're, um, you're a wine guy, but when you, when you decide to go for a craft beer, what, what styles are your, are your favorites? What do, you, do you usually go darker? you go lighter? I go lighter. I'm I'm a girly beer drinker. I I, uh, I like them light and <laughs> and fruity. But um, it, it's just and it's just because I don't I don't often drink um, beer. There's it has its place. If I'm sitting in 100 degree heat eating five pounds of crawfish, the beer is the first thing I want to go to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which but, by uh, the way, uh -huh. I was just going to mention that uh, Adam and his wife took me for crawfish right before everything kind of went into lockdown and we went and had Viet Cajun crawfish okay oh, there's great. nothing like it it is the greatest thing ever and you're right we ordered very light beers and, and chugged uh -huh. it down because that's that's what you do but uh, anyway I'm sorry go ahead yeah no worries I, I just for, for me for my for my taste I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a whiskey drinker or I'm a beer drinker um, I like them I like the brown spirits and I like the uh, the, the, the wine and so I'm I'm, I'm pretty much going to gravitate to that well, I'm going to uh, open this one up. I have a feeling it may be somewhat similar. I think I opened it on the wrong side, so you probably didn't get it. Peanut uh, it butter espresso bonbon. Peanut butter espresso bonbon. It's a collaboration from NOLA and uh, Southern Pines Brewing Company. And I can tell just from looking in the top of the can how dark and chocolatey this is. Yeah, I mean, that, that looks almost like a... Uh, um, I love, shake, it? I love when you get the can, hold that can up. When you get that can with the obviously stuck on printed label, you know, yes, you yes. have something that, that is a limited run. And, yes. and cause, because what a lot of breweries do is they buy those cans and hey, then they, uh, showed up late. <laughs> hey, at least it but showed hey, up this time. At least it showed up. Yes. All right. We'll get back to that. I'm sorry. You were talking about the stick on level. Yeah, but yes, this is more of a limited uh, release, something they've done, you know, kind of special. So 
Um, yeah, so yeah. a lot of breweries, what they'll do is when they do limited runs, they buy the cans in bulk, and then they just print the labels as necessary and stick them on there. So it's really nice when you get that kind of paper label. Of course, it feels a little less um, less uh, uh, refined than the can that has it printed directly on the can. However, you know you're getting something that's going to be a limited run, and it makes it just a little cooler to me. On the nose, Ian, uh, this smells very much like a peanut butter espresso bonbon uh so i have a feeling that's surprising yeah i have a feeling they may have uh, aced what they were trying to do here so mm. all right you know the term dessert wine <laughs> this is a dessert beer that's exactly what this is sweet it is what's that is it very sweet it's a little bit sweet but not so much you know i, I sometimes struggle with beers too sweet because um, uh, it just doesn't feel like it fits that particular um, the particular thing that you're drinking, but um, it's got a sweetness to it. But the espresso flavors give that sort of espresso bitterness and kind of counteract it, so it doesn't come across like too much of a, a sweet bomb. But um, but the sweetness does kind of make it play with your palate after after you've swallowed it, and the finish the finish has got a little sweetness and a little bitterness. At the same time, it's a really interesting sensation. I, I want to point uh, out, when, when you're talking about a beer like that, I just want to say pecan pie. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Pecan pie, and I will tell you that out of all the beers I've tried, and I like pecan pie, um, out of all <laughs> the beers I've tried, the uh, Breckenridge Vanilla Porter, which is oh, a, almost... Almost a little too sweet to drink regularly, although I, I, I put up with it because it's delicious. That and a pecan pie, they kind of form like Voltron and create this amazing thing on your palate. <laughs> so the next time you see Breckenridge, this is for everyone out there, the next time you see Breckenridge Vanilla Porter, if you can pick up a bottle or two or even a six-pack and a pecan pie, trust me, you will not be un unhappy. And for those who don't live south of the Mason-Dixon line, pecan pie is a delicacy in the south. <laughs> you can find it in the north, because when I lived up in Boston, I found it. But it's it's particularly, I think, a southern thing. And, um, well, when you taste it, 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 to me, it just tastes southern. So I'm interested in this Voltron combination. You know, I like, it's I, pretty I like amazing, it. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, Mark, what else did you bring for us to talk about wine-wise? So I have I have one other bottle, and I thought that since I was bringing the um, the the value wines um, with the with the champagne and the Pinot Grigio, that we'd uh, we'd go a little big on on the red. And so what this nice. is is a yeah, this is a William Selium. Now again, the the other two wines have I think some availability retail wise. This you probably won't find. This is from William Selium. Um, this is from their Farrington uh, vineyard. It's a single vineyard um, Pinot Noir <clears throat> from the uh, from the Russian River um, in um, in uh, Sonoma County, California. And uh, they have been around for a while. They do such a great job on this. <clears throat> this is the 2016 Pinot Noir. <clears throat> and with Pinot, what you're going to get is something a little lighter and lighter bodied. Still a warm weather wine. Um, really good, like cherry cola notes. To it, but but a lighter-bodied red wine that um, that does great with again with grilled meats. Um, no matter how they're dressed or spiced, I think this this would this would do well. 
oftentimes we um, recommend Pinot Noir um, to to our guests because I think it's a bit more crowd friendly. Perhaps the the woman wants something light and fruity, and the man wants something big and rich, and this kind of cuts right in the middle. It has it's red, which ticks that box, um, but it has um, good good fruit. What helps um, both of them really enjoy it, and, and it goes great with. I think I would I would have this with with um, with fish, uh, especially fish on the skin, um, with uh, with cooked uh, sea with the uh, crustacean like shrimp or uh, even a heavy lo- heavier lobster would go great with this. Um, so you ah. mentioned that this is tougher to find at retail, but you do have it available. Uh, if I do. Right behind me, I've got probably I've got probably fifteen bottles of it here, um, and uh, and it's and it's a really great bottle. Normally on the list, it's in the one seventy seven range, but you know this is a time to start drinking um, things in your cellar and really enjoying a Tuesday afternoon or or a, or a Thursday before watching the news. Uh, one fifteen uh, takeout right now from uh, from the wow. lodge. I just wanted nice. To in the time of the coronavirus and you're self-isolating at home or maybe it's just, you know, you and a loved one or you and family, I feel like any day that you continue to survive is a special occasion. And therefore, it justifies the uh, special occasion wines. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that you're talking about, you know? Um, Absolutely. And special occasion cigars. I've, I've had several of my special occasion cigars over these last couple of weeks that I've been saving just because... Hey, is, well, does it get more special than being alive to fight another day? You know. Well, and one of the I reasons the, uh, I chose a Pinot was was because I think that with with now with my limited knowledge about cigars, but I think that that as uh, a Pinot Noir from California or even Oregon would do really really well with a cigar because of that that cherry cola kind of notes that you get out of that the little bit of light fruit that red fruit that you get. From from a Pinot Noir, I think works really really well with it, with a cigar and sitting in yeah. outside on the terrace. I don't pretend to um, know that much about wines, but I will say that the ones that I have enjoyed most with cigars, most of them have been Pinot Noirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of Ian, the reasons were, why I chose this one. Ian, you were going to say something earlier. Oh, I was just going to say I actually you're talking about the. Uh, the uh, uh, special occasion cigars. I had smoked through all my not so special occasion cigars within the last few days, and uh, so I called our friend Alan over at uh, Galveston Island Cigar Lounge. I said, "Look, this is the trouble I'm having. Every time I smoke a cigar now, it's between fourteen to thirty dollars." <laughs> he goes, "That could be a problem." So he put together a box of cigars for me. I went down and picked up, and it was absolutely wonderful. That's when I picked up this cigar as well. Absolutely wonderful. Um, he had it ready for me. Uh, like, he already had it in his mind what he was getting me. It was abs- I said, look, this is how much I'm going to spend, and he put it together for me. It was fantastic. So if you can, support your locals. Even your cigar shops are going to help, even with those kind of services. Well, that's absolutely right. And, that's again, this is something we want to encourage people to do. Um, if your local cigar shops are offering any kind of delivery or a, uh, you know, a grab and go curbside, curbside or... um, we, we encourage, I mean, it's easy to order things online. I've certainly done some online ordering, but I've also made sure that I've, uh, swung by and supported, uh, some of my locals and at least grabbed a few cigars because it's important during this time. 
just like it's important to support the restaurants that you want to make sure are still there and alive and kicking and able to take care of us when we're uh, when we're on the other side of all this. And by the way, some of that restaurant food that you grab curbside and take home, in some ways it almost tastes even better. Maybe it's just because we're not, you know, because we're in this weird situation. But, man, that I'm just thinking about some of that elk from the Rainbow Lodge. What's that <laughs> taste like for dinner tonight? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? It, it would yeah. be great. And I think a lot of the thoughtful restaurants have put some, again, put some thought into what it is that they're offering. Certain things just don't travel well. Like you probably wouldn't want to buy a, a panna cotta or a creme brulee to go because right. it's typically <laughs> baked in in the container that it's served in. Uh, so a lot of the, the these restaurants will have to do some creative um, display techniques to to really make sure that, that what you're getting does travel well. And it could be 10 or 20 minutes before you leave here and you go uh, to your dining room table. And so we, we, we had to put some thought in, into, into making sure that what you got yeah. at home tasted like it does here. Not a lot of bananas. Yeah, some foods will stand up foods will stand up and one of the problems is if you have something that's really crispy sometimes by the time you get it home it's not so crispy and that does translate as well yeah it'll it'll steam in the container the the, yeah. the heat from the fryer it'll steam in the container yeah, french fries don't travel well and i know that's not your bag there but french fries just don't travel well yeah <laughs> um, you have to great french fries <laughs> well, I don't doubt that, but again, you, they steam and uh, I like crispy French fries. So, so my wife has a great thing for that. When we do order something uh, from a delivery service that French fries are involved, um, before we eat, she'll pull them out, put them on a tray, and just toast them a little bit in the oven and bring back a little of that crispiness. Uh, it, it actually does work. Yeah, really well. actually does Smart work lady. really well. Uh, yes, she is. Uh, she's made some. Great decisions in life. I have no idea why she agreed to marry me. Other than that, she's <laughs> she's awfully smart. Uh, I just wanted to mention this um, this peanut butter espresso bonbon has gotten. I'm a cold beer guy, but this has gotten even better as it, as it has warmed up. The flavors are more distinct. You can really kind of now taste the peanut butter a little more. Um, this is a delicious beer, uh, Ian. This is. Probably more up your alley than mine. I, I, I wish we were sharing this because I think you would love it. I want to point out that this uh, this, this is the first beer that I opened. This is the uh, uh, Founders Porter. Yes. And this is just about outside temperature with my fan blowing right now, and it's still delicious. As a mm -hmm. matter of fact, the espresso flavors are bigger and fuller, and uh, and the sweetness is coming through right now with a bitter snap on the end. It's it's a little more extreme than it was when it was cold, and I, I like it. I'm enjoying it very much. Ian, while you uh, grab your whiskey, your uh, Knob Creek, and get that ready, I want to show this back to the uh, <clears throat> camera again and invite anyone who wants to to join us for the Smoking and Toasting Virtual Smoke Fest. It's going to take place Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, on Zoom. And there's the info. If you're listening to the audio... Okay, hold it up. Hold it up a little to the other side of the uh, camera, and I'll read it off. So the uh, Zoom... Okay, thing, that's perfect. Perfect, right there. So the Zoom uh, the Zoom uh, meeting is 416-693-5409. Again, 416-693-5409. And the password is 7, letter E, 7, 
sticks, letter O, U. I Again, think, by the seven. way, Ian, Ian, that's my bad uh, handwriting, but that's that's seven E seven lowercase B. Oh, okay, seven and letter E seven letter B letter O letter U seven and that, E seven B O U. And that O. So yeah, if you get a chance, lowercase. We're gonna have a party right there on Zoom having and, cigars. And by the way, Ian, if it's just you and me and Adam, we'll enjoy the hell out of it. Hell yeah. So any, anybody else that wants to join us. Yeah. And and please, <laughs> if you're even if you don't smoke, you want to just join us and talk about what you're drinking. This is that's what it's all about. It's just about being social in this time when we, you know, don't get to sit next to each other at a bar or, or uh, hang out at our favorite restaurant and, and you know, enjoy so many of these beers. That I've had here, Ian, in the last couple of weeks on the show, I've just really wished I was there with you to share them. And so this will be the this will be the closest thing. So, all right, I heard that. I don't know if you got to hear that, but here we go. As you can see, I may have tried this rye. I may have poured myself a little generous there. Um, well, I may have tried pour. this rye a time or two. Now, rye is one of those things that I'm only. Only really in a mood for once in a while, or with an old fashioned. I think the old fashioned with rye is really good. Knob Creek rye, uh, twice barreled rye that I have here. This the nose on this is so engaging. It's bright and sweet and spicy right off the nose. I mean, you can smell it like it's like a whiskey flower. Like I don't know how else. Like it just. <laughs> kind of blooms in the glass as far as the nose goes. Um, and the malt and rye, the rye is so big in here that the malt's underlying, and it's just, just a tiny little bit beneath it for sweetness. And it just... Keep in mind, this bottle is warm. It's been sitting in my house, and it's been sitting outside, and it still comes across with a, uh, a nice, warm, crisp... Notes of vanilla. There's almost a marshmallow kind of thing going on on the very end of this. The uh, as, as weird as that may sound, it really has a little bit of that, and, and uh, that rye spice just livens it up, and and it gives it kind of a brighter flavor, especially when it's warm outside. I think. Um, I'm going to open the yellow rose here, and by the way, I did you hear that? Yes. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. That came across really way, well. I've, I've been uh, accused by people like, oh, I don't know, Ian, and perhaps my wife, of being one of those people who has trouble letting go of things. Like, let's just say someone um, scheduled was scheduled to be on the show and didn't show up. I'm, I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised that you could pick up that bottle and open it because you have a grudge in your other hand that you're holding on to pretty tight. What I'm trying to get at is this is me letting go. This is me going, okay, you know what? They make a single malt. Let's have some of it. Let's see how this works. So this is I wish I had that. Uh, I wish I had that song from Frozen, the Let It Go song, so I could play it right now. Let it go. Let it go. The earworm will now uh, stay with us for the rest of the day. Now, you know what? Um, it's it's a it's a strange time we find ourselves in. It's time to reevaluate maybe some of the things 
we're holding on to that are not that important. And uh, maybe this is one of them, and maybe it's a good time to try their single malt. So, so well, I'm going to point out that the, the last time I had Yellow Rose was yeah. at the Whiskey Sniff, but at the very first one. Yes. That's the last, and it was absolutely outstanding. The well, bottle that I, he I brought was yeah. absolutely amazing. Uh, this is, I, I'm pretty sure this is a different bottle, but I will tell you that on the nose, well, it, it's, it's honey is what I'm getting on the nose. I don't know if that'll show up in the flavor profile, but it's almost, almost so much honey on the nose that you would think maybe it's a honeyed uh, whiskey, but uh, clearly it's not that. It's their single malt, and I'm looking at this. Uh, it's batch number 18-1. Uh, it's 40%. And it is um, made from 100% malted barley and hot still in Texas. It's bottle number 793. And here we go. Well, I have to say it's really, really good. Um, it tastes a bit more like a bourbon than I was expecting. It's got some of those um, oaky and... and um, maple sort of flavorings to it that you expect from a, uh, a bourbon, but it's, um, the honey is definitely there. I, I have to say it may have shown up late, but it showed up and, and thanks to my wife, by the way, for bringing it out. And, um, it's, it's delicious. And, um, uh, I need to share this with you the next time we drink together because I think you would like it. It's quite good. Well, I can't wait till that happens. I think I, you know, you guys were talking earlier about when this is all over, how people are going to react. I, I can't help but wonder if, like, everyone's going to be so starved and so cabin feverish that they immediately just swamp the bars. You know, I can only hope that that's the way it happens. I remember for the I, bars. I remember when I lived in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, years ago. Uh, I used to go up to Chicago um, quite frequently for weekend trips because. Uh, Plane flights were cheap, and just to be honest, Chicago was a much more interesting city. And uh, I remember going up to Chicago on what was coincidentally the first warm weekend of the spring. It was like the first time it wasn't just bitterly cold. The sun was out. It was nice. And I swear, there was a person on every single blade of grass outside in Chicago. They talk about people who just had such cabin fever from being inside for so long and every yeah every square inch of sidewalk and, and grass there were just people getting out going places going to shops restaurants bars and i have a feeling that's what this is going to be like everywhere once it's okay i mean i'm sure we're going to need to be still distancing to some degree for a while so maybe there'll be people everywhere all six feet apart i don't know but but i i, I sure hope so I'm excited to just like be able to sit next to someone at a bar, even if it is six feet away. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's, uh, it, it just feels like it's been the social aspect of this is something I don't think any of us, you know, could have been prepared for. And that's why I enjoy like doing the show so much during this time. And it's why we're doing the, uh, the virtual smoke fest just to give people a chance to, you know, be social and, and smoke together, you know? Um, so, Guys, I really appreciate you joining us uh, for the show. Mark, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I'll admit, it is more fun to have you on when we can taste the wine that you're, that <laughs> I you're know. tasting. But this now is you have to drink all this. that by yourself. 
Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> I, somehow I'll manage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mark, once again, um, you mentioned you guys are about to get online up and going. Yeah, so we, um, we had, we had a little test with some online ordering, um, uh, and it and it was very successful. And then there was a little glitch, and so we're trying to get that that worked out. That should be up within the next uh, day or two. Um, and because uh, I think a lot of people, even though they want to be social, are very happy sitting on their couch and punching a button, and then being able to come <laughs> and get it. Um, and and not only that, but it's contactless, and and we can just drop it in your trunk or on your on your seat, and you can go. It's paid for. It's done. Um, the alternative is the um, is the deliveries from our third parties, and all of that information is on our website at rainbow-lodge.com, um, including the um, the takeout menus that we have. We're doing Sunday brunch on Sundays, and it's Sunday is Easter, so we've got some Easter takeaways as well. But the entire um, wine list is on is on the website as well, and you can feel free to call me. I'm here all the time. You can feel free to call me. I'm here at the lodge, and uh, and I'm happy to talk with you about uh, whatever wines you're looking for. We've done cases out the door at a time to a bottle here and there, and it's and it's uh, just happy to to be able to help um, uh, get something in someone's glass, even when I can't do it at the table. So making wine recommendations is what you do. You're happy to do that over the phone. Absolutely, it's yeah, it's my job. It's my passion. Yeah. So uh, we awesome. appreciate you sharing so, some of that with us today. We really do. Thank you so, so much. Uh, we just had a question online as well. What time was the Smoke Fest again? That's going to be 11 to 1. 11 uh, to no, 1 this it, Saturday. Actually, no, Ian. It's 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. Oh. On the details. Oh, and it's April 11th at 1 p.m. My fault. Yes. No? Yeah, yeah. Wanted to correct you there. Um, the details on the virtual Good. Smoke Fest are on. Our Facebook page, uh, if you would like, if it would be easier, if you want to just in the comments to that uh, event, if you want to just post your email, we'll send you an email uh, invite to it if that's if that's easier. Or you can just go to Zoom, plug in that meeting uh, number, and then type in that password. And if you have any trouble, just, you know, talk about it in the comments on the, uh, uh, on the Facebook page. We'll be watching those as we do. Uh, the Zoom. So uh, I'm looking forward to this, Ian. Like I said, even if it's just you and Adam and me, it'll be fun. I might do my education on how to shotgun a beer again as well. Oh, that would be great. See, I was kind of hoping you could invite your buddy Mark, uh, who we had on the show, not Mark Burrell, but your uh, your friend Mark, who came on the show. And at one point when you and I were engaged in a conversation about something that he wasn't a part of, he just cracked open a beer and shotgunned it like on camera without any explanation it was one of the it was one of the most beautiful moments of the show i'm kind of hoping he'll, do that. he'll join us and do that on the zoom just sit there and shotgun beers i'll be make sure he knows i'm happy to finish this bottle if it'll help <laughs> excellent mark <laughs> thank you so much uh mark Burrell from the rainbow La uh from the rainbow lodge you are uh easily one of our all-time favorite guests. I'll just say it here. You're way more fun to have on than Alan Denny or Chris Hart. Uh, and we we appreciate uh, very much having you on the program. Thanks so, again for having Alan, me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, Alan, that was for the Nat Sherman thing. Uh, I'll get you back for that. Don't worry. Uh, guys, have a wonderful week. We appreciate all of you. Uh, this is the week I laid the grudge with Yellow Rose to rest. Uh, this is a landmark week. Uh, thank you, everyone. 
And uh, cheers, we love you all. And we'll be back next uh, uh, next Thursday, same time. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, virtual clank.